And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and thank you so very much for tuning in to our very special Thursday shows. We dedicate each Thursday show to an interview, a full one-hour interview with a very special guest, and we most certainly have a very special guest today in studio named Garrett Ziegler. Before I get to him, I want to quickly again thank, periodically thank the artists who provide that music we all listen to, and everyone thinks of it now as my show song, but it's actually by Krista Branch, and she sings, her husband writes the lyrics and well, writes the music, stellar couple, and they really, this I Am America, that's exactly what my show is all about. We are America. We the people are America. So our guest today uh, is Garrett Ziegler, and I will tell you that a few years ago, my husband, who was really, really attentive watching things on Telegram, kept saying, you got to get this guy Garrett Ziegler on your show. That is a true story. And I didn't really know how to get in touch with him. And actually, as it happened within the last few weeks, I was able to connect with him. And he's here in studio with us today. Uh, he worked in the Trump White House, and he uh, wrote what we're going to be talking about. So I'll just show you. Uh, he wrote this book, uh, which I'll hold up. And it is, let me show the side first. That's how thick it is. It's a serious thick book, but this is the book we'll be talking about today. And I hope everyone listening will decide to purchase this book yourself. But the book is called Report on the Biden Laptop. It was actually pulled together by an organization he formed, uh, Marco Polo, and it reflects an enormous amount of work, essentially reporting what is really in the Hunter Biden laptop, the famous Hunter Biden laptop, and it breaks it down in the most logical, orderly way, which we'll be talking about in just a moment. But first, I want to welcome to our show, Garrett Ziegler. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to have you here. And I'm, you. I'll tell you also, for our listeners, we actually met for an hour before the show today because I had never met him before. And, um, you know, I know people, I get a comment after speeches and shows that I talk too fast. Okay, I'm just telling you, we'll be a competition up here. <laughs> you know, that's about the only thing I have in common with Ben Shapiro, is that we, we talk at the same speed. So, But there's a lot of important things to say, and you got to just get it yeah, out. Yeah, you, know? you know, it's when you're passionate about something, you... You never know if you're going to have the opportunity to see that person again. So you want to get everything across, you know, that you can in the, in the time. And that's why it's 179,000 words. I thought we were going to get it done in a year, this dossier, but it took me twice as long. And I had a few uh, lovely, righteous people who were angry because I said that it would be done at a certain time because I was budgeting 330 pages. Mm -hmm. But when there is so much criminality, I mean, and it's, it's, it's the American human carnival. Tom Wolfe couldn't create this dossier. He couldn't create oh. the events that, that produced it because it's it's like a man in full or uh, you know bonfire of the vanities it's really it's really something it is really something uh, that summarizes it well it's actually the depth and length and I'm trying to find uh, the note I made among many other things in this book you really I mean you break down the log logically the contents of the laptop and it's over hundred and twenty thousand emails is that right yes. here over well, not not in the report. We just put the ones that were criminal in the report. So I can so out of the 128,000 emails, which is the lion's share of the correspondence, there are iMessages and some other forms of communication on there. But our goal with this dossier was to put out everything that we could prove on paper, not just an allegation or you know, but everything that we could prove was a violation of a state or federal crime or regulation, and that number is 459. That's that's a floor. Four hundred fifty nine state and federal crimes. Yes. crimes. Four hundred fifty nine yes. crimes. Okay, and it's actually it's uh, six hundred thirty eight pages. Yeah, yep. It's a lengthy thing. 
And so before we dive into it, which is the whole rest of the show, yes. quickly if you tell our listeners, what did you do in the Trump White House? Yes, so I worked for 23 months. My first day was February 20th, 2019, and so exactly 20 months. And I worked for a gentleman named Peter Navarro. Peter is a righteous, bombastic, eccentric, unique man who uh, didn't play well with others because he actually believed what the president believed on trade. There are a lot of people in the Trump White House who didn't believe what the president believed on trade and thought it was their sort of calling to basically uh, treat the president sort of like a bombastic child and sort of rein him in. Well, Peter wasn't like that. And so it quickly, it quickly dawned on the president that Peter needed his own shop to work. He couldn't work well with Gary Cohn and other globalists. And so what he did was he signed an executive order creating the Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy. Yeah, trade and manufacturing. Yes, that was and, the thing he had. Yes, yeah. and, and so Peter was a college professor for 30 years preceding his White House years from 86 to 16 at UC Irvine. And of course, the powers that be in the White House gave him a very little a very low budget and so what we had was four staffers for peter and it was essentially i would say a college research assistant position for phd students <laughs> all of us were under 30 all of us were you know economic populist i think what the founders did on trade and a lot of people don't believe what the founders believe on trade and so what we did for peter was uh, cr create slide decks research things it's, it's in fact what what made me want to start marco polo open source intelligence is uh, changing the world and what we can do with with uh, county property records and everything else. I wouldn't have been, I couldn't have started Marco Polo in you know 1988. There just wasn't the amount of data that's out there. And so I think what, what you know what Marco Polo is, is is trying to take the the vastness of what's available through open source intelligence and sort of revealing what's going on underneath the table of uh, money laundering and other crimes. And so I worked with Peter for, uh, for nearly two years. And how I sort of got a following on Telegram was that I was one of the half a dozen White House staffers who didn't uh, you know, conduct interviews for their next job before President Trump left. There were literally White House staffers call, uh, having interviews in the White House in the middle of December of 2020 because they didn't believe that there was election fraud. And you know, most importantly, their careerist who will do whatever they can to move up. And I obviously, like you, believe that it was a joke that mail-in ballots are, and even some Democrats admit this, are uh, ripe for fraud. And so I worked with Peter on the quote-unquote Navarro report which outlined, and again, this was a very conservative report like this is. We put nothing in there that we have no evidence for. A very conservative report that outlined all of the irregularities that occurred, the spikes in the middle of night, um, the lower standards for mail-in ballots vis-a-vis -vis in person. And so, you know, Peter was sort of like an uncle to me, and he's, of course, getting persecuted. He's, he's going to be on trial next month in the in the District of Columbia uh, for quote unquote defying Congress and they asked him to do an illegal thing which is pr uh, produce communications which are privileged uh, because they were between him and the President of the United yep. States. Yep. So. Yeah, uh, that, I love all that background. And uh, Peter Navarro was on the show earlier. He also wrote, wrote a great book about uh, the year of COVID. He called it In Trump Time, My Journal of America's Plague Year. Yeah. And he was brilliant talking on the show about how quickly he saw what the problem was with COVID. And uh, he was really brilliant in his assessment of the situation. Well, let's turn to this book. And I'm just going to tell our listeners very quickly, um, this book you know, people make reference to the Hunter Biden laptop all the time. And they say, well, you know, because there's fraud, because somehow something is wrong with something that uh, was yeah. in the laptop. Or he smoked but, crack or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, and there were lurid pictures in there. And he was, you know, he engaged in uh, a lot of, uh, you know, 
Cladilla-like behavior. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> what I want to say about it is, you know, this, the laptop has what really lays out what the DOJ should have done the moment they received the laptop and the, and the FBI received it in its possession. The FBI had this laptop long before the 2020 election, could have looked at the contents, could have realized the criminality reflected in many, many documents, and they just sat on it. Yes. So this is really what they should have produced, and, and really because they didn't, and because most people don't know what the laptop says, uh, your book, I'm just going to quickly tell our listeners how this is organized, because it's just brilliant. Uh, at the beginning, just the table of contents tells you, they're going to tell you the background, and I will say, every bit of fact in here it has, Facts at the top, footnote, 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 footnote. There's no speculation. There's no um, accusation. It's just data. I, I love this kind of stuff because it's irrefutable. Uh, Business-related crimes is one section. Runs through all the business-related crimes proven by the contents of the laptop and then tied to the federal statute or state statute which it may violate, uh, broken down by countries, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Romania, uh, sex-related crimes, uh, of which there are many, and, and uh, images, which we will not share on this show, um, and then drug-related crimes. And, and what you really realize is the laptop is just, it should have been a treasure trove to the FBI. Should have been. So I just want to jump in and start. Yes. You talk in the very beginning. You use this term. I told you I like this term a lot. You use this term about the way the FBI, so everyone knows Hunter Biden, in some apparent confused uh, mental state, brought his laptop into a repair shop mm -hmm. and forgot about it. So they have the laptop. April 12th, 2019. And he brings three in because, of course, you know, mere mortals like myself and non-princelings, I have one laptop. Yeah. But Hunter had three and all three of them were water damaged, some more than others. One of them was completely gone. Totaled, yeah. The other could uh, be used, but it had to be used with an external keyboard, which the repair shop owner gave him. By the way, he never returned the keyboard. So Hunter actually owes him 85 bucks for a keyboard. Um, <laughs> Just and saying, then, yeah. And then the third one was able to be salvaged. Uh, the data was able to be salvaged from it, but it needed a couple of days of work to do so. And that's the one that I have a copy of. And I have a copy of the hard drive. I don't have the original one. I, that was given to the FBI. It's probably at the bottom of the uh, Christina River outside of Delaware right now. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, of their to-do list, too. Yes. Um, you made, uh, and I think one overarching point that this makes, and I think it's really important people to understand, you know, for most of our lives, most of American history, as long as, since the FBI was created, most people think the FBI is supposed to be neutral and is supposed to be engaged essentially in, in yes. enforcing the laws again equally uh, as to all people. You use an expression that's going to bug me if I don't find it. Multi-vector suppression campaign. Say it again. A multi-vector suppression campaign. Yes, multi-vector yes. suppression campaign. Isn't that great? So just give us a run-through of the FBI's conduct once they had this laptop in their possession mm -hmm. long before the 2020 election. And, and what you mean by that when you say multi-vector suppression of the truth, really? Yes, so our thesis is much different than what you'll get from, say, Sean Hannity, which is he believes, and I'm not, I'm not even paraphrasing him, I'm using his exact verbiage, which is the seventh floor of the FBI is the problem, the leadership, the assistant deputy director, et cetera. We take a much different approach, and the reason why we do is because it's borne out by the paper trail and by the communications that we have found, which is line agents, lower level folks, so the people at my equivalent at the White House, not you know the Donald Trump level, the people who actually do most of the work, they're the ones who stonewalled, who covered up, who uh, 
basically told the shop owner, hey, if Hunter comes back into this shop for his laptop, stall him for a couple weeks, we'll make up an excuse and give it back to you. So they were the ones playing cover up and their, their agent, uh, the agent's names are Josh Wilson and Mike Zelak. And it took us 14 months and a couple of private investigators to actually find a picture of this guy. He had- Oh, Zelak. Zelak, yeah. Zelak deleted his Facebook, no pictures on LinkedIn. He basically scrubbed his online presence in October of 2020 when his name was leaked. But I wasn't, I wasn't pleased with the level of granularity that was out there. I knew that the Republican Congress, even though they were in the major, or in the minority for those two years, wouldn't take the time to put something like this together, which they should have. If they're in the minority, the Republicans in Congress should have been writing this report. But I knew they wouldn't. They would have. They, they punted, and so I did it. And it really goes into all the agents, Mike Zelak, Joshua Wilson. The, uh, so all this was happening in the Baltimore field office. And I don't know if, if everybody knows this, but, but the FBI has field offices, obviously. But they also have resident agencies, which aren't as big as field offices, which are basically satellite offices. So the Wilmington, Delaware resident agency is under the purview and direction of the Baltimore field office. And, and the, the aforementioned agents, Zelak and Wilson, worked in that resident agency. And, they, and again, they didn't seek out this material. They didn't want to go after Hunter. What happened was this shop owner, after Hunter left it there, saw all of these crimes, called them, and they basically uh, kept him, you know, stalled him, stalled him for at least six weeks uh, before they finally were forced to take it in. And his father, the shop owner's father, Steve McIsaac, is a, is a retired Air Force colonel, served the country honorably, you know, for decades. And he he actually went to the Albuquerque field office too to let them know about this, saying, hey, this is explosive stuff. Why anybody would put this on their computer is insane. But they didn't do anything. They don't want to touch it. They didn't want to touch it. And find, so eventually this laptop made its way yes. I mean, it was to the FBI and then portions were leaked to New York Post. Is that, yeah. Yeah, so that? after JP realized, JP himself, the, uh, the laptop This is the shop owner, owner yes. Mac Isaac. Mac yep. Isaac. Yeah, it's, a, it's Mac. a weird Scottish name, but yeah, JP Mac Isaac is his name. And he admits that he was a little bit naive going into this. He thought the FBI was going to do its job. Once he realized they weren't, which is a very sad state of affairs, he gave a copy of the hard drive, which he had made before he gave the original to the FBI. Wisely. To, yes, very wisely. And I am applaud his courage. We wouldn't have this if it weren't for him. He gave a copy to the attorney for Rudy Giuliani named Bob Costello, who then gave it to the New York Post. And I got it through Rudy. Okay. So I will tell you something else uh, for our listeners and our audience here. So we met an hour before this show and I had this book and I you know, put my, my usual sticky thing going. And I said, look, I don't want to you know, put you in the spot. So if I just jump to what are the crimes you were uncovered in Romania? You know, could you answer? He said, yeah, I pretty much have the whole thing memorized. I, I mean, which I thought was astonishing. Well, it's like any author. You, did, like, you know, you uh, yeah. said your sister was an author. If, if you spend 18 months doing something, that is yes. what I did every day. So I have to memorize. It's my duty to. Okay. Well, one point I want to make before we dive, really dive in the contents was you talked about in preparing this, you and your team, when people were going to be featured because yes. they were in lap, they were in pictures, they were in emails. You made the attempt to contact every anyone. single one of them, every, every single one of them, every single one of Hunter's business partners, every single drug dealer, every single hooker. I called every single one of them. 95% of them told me to F Go off, away. off. Yes. <laughs> uh, but 5% of them talked and it's astonishing what Hunter told some of these women. He basically told, told these hookers. Yes. The president. And remember, it's not like Joe is 
pleading with the American people and saying, hey, look, I have a troubled son. His brother died. He's addicted to substances. He's going to be in Montana in a cabin painting. Just let him be. No, 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 no. Joe said this was the smartest man he knows from a, from a pure intellectual capacity. Right. He said that in December of 2020. So to me, I'm I'm looking at that saying, all right, fair game. <laughs> this guy, this guy has no repentance, doesn't apologize for anything, has no self awareness. And in the president of the United States, who has a nuclear code, says this is the smartest man he knows. So why wouldn't you want to learn about the smartest man he knows? There you Pre go. The president of the United States says yeah. he's the smartest man he knows. He's worthy of a what we call a digital colonoscopy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's a memorable term. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what this book, I mentioned as we start, what the book does, and, and I just want to kind of run through because this isn't just to embarrass Hunter Biden or the family. No, it's only and, about and, crimes. Yeah, it's about crimes and crimes that matter. It's not jaywalking and yeah. it's not people who, you know, missed a small amount of income they didn't declare in their taxes. Yes. Truly consequential crimes. And so uh, I want to try to run through these yes. briefly. Uh, everyone knows the story on uh, Ukraine. Yep. And because I enjoy this clip and only played about 100 times on my show before this, but Emilio, I sent you this clip. This is this is he who occupies the White House. Uh, what he had to say, do you have that? Oh, we do. Go oh, ahead, lovely. please. I said, I'm not going to, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Okay, yeah. So let's just start with, this is a, you know, this, I played this, of course, oh, all the time iconic. during the impeachment of, of Trump. Look where they're at. Beautiful globalist council foreign relations. That's yeah. a Tom Wolf novel right oh, there. Oh, yeah. But, but, you know, so he, uh, Joe Biden, he, yes. who, uh, I guess he was VP at the time, um, it's getting an echo in here. Uh, he was referring to wanting to have a prosecutor fired. I think we all know, but tell us quickly why he wants that prosecutor fired. The name of the gentleman is Viktor Shokin, S-H-O-K-I-N. He's a Ukrainian. He was basically their district attorney, and he was investigating Burisma, which is a Cypriot registered. I love that because it's money laundering capital of the world, Cypriot registered Ukrainian based gas company that Hunter sits on the board of and was making, by the way, it's not 50 grand. That's a, that's fake news from, from Reuters. The amount that Hunter was receiving was $166,000 a month for sitting on this board, has zero experience in energy, can't speak a word of Ukrainian, doesn't know anything. Um, and his press release of him announcing that he got the spot is that he was going to work on corporate governance and transparency. It'd be like John Wayne Gacy talking, you know, being a counselor. Uh, it, it, it doesn't match at all. And he split half of that with his buddy Devin Archer, who's much more polished, much more handsome, uh, convicted felon, of course. He ripped off an Indian tribe for $60 million. But Devin Archer received 83 grand of that. So $163,333.33 was given to Devin Archer and Hunter Biden. Every month. Every single month. So it's a million a year. Um, and again, for nothing other than what it really was, which is we call it in the report an insurance policy that that the Ukrainian oligarch who beneficially owned Burisma, uh, his name is, well, they call him Nikolay, but his last name is Zlochevsky. That is his insurance policy to not get prosecuted. Yeah. So it's like, hey, I need a, I need a Westerner to make sure that these people don't actually enforce the law against me. Hunter Biden's a guy. 
Okay, so you do in this section on China, you, mm -hmm. what which I love what you're doing. You're pointing out crimes, and you actually yeah, list the statue. I can't remember anything if I don't see the guy's face. Okay. Yeah. So you well, see? well, I was just going to say that everything, you know, it's on page not, 89. There's there's not 600 pages of writing. It's about 375 only. Half of it is 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 exhibits, right? So if it's not it's not a bore to read. That's important because if I were you and listening, I'd be like, I don't want to read 600 pages, right? But it's everything has it's there's pictures. This is the this is the G-rated section, but everything has pictures and there's exhibits. So when I'm saying or when when I talk about an interaction, you don't have to search for it. The email's right there. So you what this is called is we call this the narrative, and then at the top it's the when, where, who, what. So when did this occur? What venue could a U.S. attorney or state-level prosecutor bring the charge in? And we have no illusions of this happening. We were just saying, for the record, this is where it would be. Who Hunter was involved with it, you know, during the interaction, and then what statute it is. So that took me six months of half of writing this report was finding which statutes corresponded with which violations. Which is an impressive effort. Even if a lawyer had to do it, it's an impressive did, effort. I but did you... have a lawyer's help. Okay, it wasn't say. me alone who did this. There's a team behind me. Two private investigators, an attorney, and a forensic accountant uh, helped me write this report. I'm just the public face of Marco Polo. I could not do this alone. But it, yeah, it, so to break down, so we have, I mentioned China. China yes. is the first one uh, where you dedicate a whole, is there a way you can uh, succinctly summarize it as it worked this way to tell yeah. us well, what, he, what should Hunter or others be prosecuted for are relevant to China? Yes, so there's two big deals that Hunter makes with China. BHR, uh, which is a, which is a state-backed private, and there's nothing private in China, a state-backed private equity fund that Hunter still owns 10% of. To this day, his wow. dad's in the White House and he owns it through a shell company called Skinny Atlas. He told me you were from the Finger Lakes. He names everything after the Finger Lakes because that's where his mother was from, who died when he was two. So Skinny Atlas <clears throat> LLC, to this day, owns 10% of EHR. The violations that occurred through that are, number one, FARA, Foreign Agent Registration Act. Hunter was acting as an agent of these Chinese foreign principals without disclosing that representation to the Justice Department. This is the same thing they got Paul Manafort for, right. ironically. I was just going to say. Yeah. yeah. If we put Manafort's mugshot in there, not to humiliate the guy, but to say, hey, look, this is the level of hypocrisy. They can put him in the pen and get him pinched. And by the way, all the payments that Hunter received as a result of that illegal representation are subject to forfeiture. So it's not just FARA. All of the millions that the Bidens made through the FARA violations, that is by definition money laundering, which is what we can talk about at the end with Jamie Comer's new press release today. So they're laundering money. The biggest, the biggest one with China is FARA, the multiple FARA violations uh, acting on behalf of, of foreign principals. And again, America, the DOJ is pretty lenient on this. All you gotta do is file a paper you got to say who you're doing it for, when it's occurring, what you're doing, and how much they've paid you. So what Hunter was doing uh, could have been done legally if he had registered, but he didn't. Because why? Because it's so disgusting. He didn't want anybody to know about it. And if we didn't have his laptop, we wouldn't know about it. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, his, his um, registration, also, if you've got to begin to declare the money you're making, that raises questions. Of course it does. Because daddy's the VP. Back? Yes. And, and, you know, there was a recent, I wouldn't even call it a limited hangout. The New York Times recently put out a puff piece. I think the title of it was Hunter Biden's Tangled Web Comes Front and Center. Came out in January. Kevin Morse probably paid these writers to put this out. It's absolute propaganda uh, 
I would say what my grandpa would call, but that'd be inappropriate. Yeah. But the we'll hold back. The, the thesis is this: that Hunter himself. This is there. This again. This is all complete nonsense. But this is what the New York Times says: that Hunter didn't do any of this work himself. He subcontracted it out. Well, guess what? None of the subcontractors, uh, you know, would register for FARA either. So this guy that they didn't name in the the uh, the piece, his name is John Sandweg. He was the head of ICE. So you know the border disaster during Obama. This guy was running ICE during the Obama years. John Sandweg. He's from Arizona. He didn't register for FARA. So based upon New York Times' own faulty reasoning, meaning if John Sandweg registered yeah. for FARA, at least they could have plausible deniability saying, I mean, they don't because we have the emails between Hunter and John saying, Hunter's doing this, John's doing this. But if John at least registered for FARA, the New York Times would have a fighting chance at covering it up, but they don't. The thing about FARA is it can seem to most people's minds as kind of a technical thing. It's not, you know, it's, it's an understandable law and I understand people have been prosecuted, but it's not inherently an evil thing. I should have filed a paper. But really what we're watching with the money flow to the Biden family, yes. it's buying influence. Exactly. And they're, not all countries are created equally. By law, I would have to register if I represented an Englishman, right? But what the Englishman wants from the American government and what the CHICOMs want are different things. And so it's not necessarily that Hunter Biden is working on behalf of a foreign principal. It's that he's not declaring it and who the foreign principal is. It's that they're connected to the CCP. They're connected to Romanian corrupt oligarchs. And so it's not like Hunter's working for, you know, a Japanese person where there's high, you know, Japan has a lot of I won't say a lot, but more transparency than a lot of countries. Yeah. They're a developed economy with accounting standards. There are no accounting standards in China. If anything's going to embarrass Xi, that person becomes, you know, persona non grata. So it's whatever, whatever the CCP wants is their standard. So the little video clip we just watched, that yes. involved Ukraine and Burisma yeah. and Hunter's role. Is Hunter, is that money that's going on Burisma, is he essentially receiving money and buying influence in some way with America? Is, is that a buy influence situation? Yeah, it, totally, because why is, why is Joe? So the, the, main, uh, the main left wing lie that they're going to say is that what Joey was talking about right there, that... That talk occurred in January of 2018. So this is a year after Joey B got out of office. They're going to say that Joey B was do I can't I, I call him what his siblings call him because I just don't respect him. I, I've seen all of his private communication. Joey B for everyone is is uh, our you know he who occupies the White House, but his siblings call him Joey. So now he's Joey B today. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. There. So there's a particular congressman that I loathe. His name's Dan Goldman. He's from New York, and he was the lead counsel for the Democrats for the impeachment. He said at the hearing a couple weeks ago that Joey was just effectuating U.S. policy, that everybody wanted Shokin gone. And mm -hmm. their defense is that Shokin wasn't going for, uh, far enough, that Joe wanted Shokin out because he wasn't prosecuting corruption. When in fact, we have internal memos, internal interagency memos as of November of of. Uh, of 2015, because remember, when he when he's talking on the phone with, with uh, Poroshenko that he's recalling, that's occurring in, in December of 2015. Yeah. So a month before yeah. that, we have interagency memos that John Solomon released with Just the News showing that the U.S. government collectively, the agencies, think that Shokin is doing a good job. But then two weeks later, Joey doesn't like him. And so, oh, no, 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 the official U.S. policy is that we want him gone now. But we have 
paper saying that the State Department, Treasury, all these other entities approve of him. And why were they talking about Shokin? Because Ukraine was applying for another IMF loan and the United States had to decide whether or not to support that IMF loan. So we have internal documents proving what Dan Goldman is saying is false. And nobody in the Hill is articulate and sharp enough to just cut him off at the knees right there at the mic because he's lying. So I think this is all very important. Hunter wouldn't have got paid if his daddy weren't the VP. He admits that now. And it's yeah. all buying influence. It's all illegal per the FARC. It's all buying influence. I can go through all the countries you list. You have yeah. business-related crimes. We can't do them all because there's so many other things to talk about. It. But you mentioned Romania. And I just have a little soft spot for Romania. I mentioned before yes. uh, the show Lawyer. because I have a friend who uh, really helped change things over there. But she was there under Ceausescu. Um, so what, is the, what are the crimes that the Bidens are tied to related to Romania? Yeah, there's actually a Seth Rich connection to this Romanian thing, not directly, but through his brother Aaron. So Hunter was hired by a real estate tycoon who married into communist royalty named Gabriel Popovicu. Gabriel Popovicu was convicted of bribery involving a commercial real estate development in downtown Bucharest called Benicia. And, uh, you know, Popovicu saw Hunter's work in Ukraine and said, hey, I need to get out of a law enforcement pinch. I know just the guy, the smartest man Joey knows. Oh. And so Hunter, along with Boy Schiller Flexner and the august former FBI director, Louis Free, yes, yeah. Louis Free, the guy who oversaw Waco and Ruby Ridge and everything else, he was hired. Hunter subcontracted the work that he got from Popovicu to influence the U.S. Embassy in Bucharest to try to basically strong arm the prosecutor in Romania to go easy on Popovicu. So in both Ukraine and Romania, we have corrupt oligarchs going through Hunter Biden to get leniency from a prosecutor. And all this is laid out, and we have all their communications. And the connection to Seth Rich's brother is that Mike got. Oh, and by the way, this is much more contemporary. Y'all remember a, a person named Ruby Freeman? It's one of the finest Americans we have. Um, as a joke, she was represented by this lawyer. So when things really go awry, who do they call? Mike Gottlieb. So Mike Gottlieb represents Aaron Rich. Ruby Freeman and Gabriel Popovicu. What a clientele list, right? Nothing, nothing. You know what connects Ruby Freeman to Gabriel Popovicu? Something that could hurt Hunter Biden. It's about it. So Mike Gottlieb gets called in along with Christopher Boys, the son of the uh, infamous uh, founder of Boys Schiller Flexner, and then Louis Free. And what these guys do is they coordinate with the sitting U.S. ambassador to Romania, Hans Klim, and the former one, Mark Gittenstein, who's the current U.S. ambassador to the EU. All these people are still there. They fail upwards, and the, how they do it is because they prove to be willing to do corrupt things. If you go along with Joey, we'll get you the ambassadorship to the EU. And Gittenstein goes back to the 80s with Joey. So all these people, what they do is they say, hey, we're going to meet with the U.S. Embassy. They'll talk to their counterparts in the Romanian law enforcement uh, sector to try to get Popovicu off. And he did eventually. He got off. Now, that was through a London court because he fled. He fled. He was, a, he, was a, he was a fugitive for years. Okay, you know, this is a good chance to go to this kind of overarching question I mentioned earlier. So, I mean, the tangled web of Biden people and all the interactions they do, people do trade on family names. Yes. I mean, famous people, well, I'm married to so-and-so, or I know so-and-so. So what's the difference between trading on a family name of Biden and what Hunter's doing? Foreign principles. When foreigners involved, certain statutes get... Uh, <clears throat> 
activated. So it's not just a, hey, you know, you should be like Hollywood, for example, we're, we're connected familially, ergo, he's a prime candidate to be the star in this movie. It's that Hunter's representing foreign principles, and there's been a statute on the book since 1938, which says that if you're going to do that, you have to declare that representation to the Justice Department. And the reason why I'm hammering this so hard is because we heard ad nauseum this statute cited for the entirety of Donald Trump's presidency. The oh, sure. very thing, it's like, a, it's a Gables 101. They said, saw a, it's in this report, but it's been attributed to Saul Alinsky, but Saul Alinsky actually didn't say it. There's no record of him saying it. it's actually uh, Gables, the Nazi propaganda leader that said the most clever propaganda that was used in Germany against the war was our opponents doing that which they accused Germany of doing. And so that's, that's, the, uh, that's the most uh, <clears throat> telling irony about all of this is that the very thing that they accused Trump's associates of doing, of acting on behalf of Ukrainian interest, they did it at a bigger scale for a longer period of time and for more money. On this, back to the subject though of trading on a name. You know, it's one thing if I trade you the example. Yeah. If you trade on a name, and so your friend might get a, get a tryout to be in a movie or something yeah. because I know someone. Those kind of favors, but this impacts foreign policy. policy. Yes. It impacts the spending of American money. It impacts the way our government is perceived and how we act around the world. It's it is. Um, you know, it's, it's interference with the integrity of the American government. Yeah, uh, what you know, I I got a degree in econ, and they, I couldn't I couldn't stand to do a PhD program on that because they're so egghead and everything. But they have this word called externalities. So for measuring human sin, that <clears throat> the sinful example, the nepotistic sinful example that you cited with the movie, that sin has minimum negative externalities, meaning that nepotism is not going to have a negative influence on the country writ large. But Hunter's sins, Hunter's nepotism, and Hunter's illegal representation of a foreign interest has consequences that we can't even decipher yet. The billions that are going to the uh, midget Zelensky over there, we don't know everything that's going to occur as a result of that. And that, <clears throat> I can argue, is based upon Hunter's work in Ukraine with Burisma. Yeah. Because... First of all, Burisma is still operating, and second of all, um, Hunter's other business, and uh, the Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners VC fund that we alluded to, they were invested in Metabiota, which had biolabs over there. And Victoria Newland to Congress testified under penalty of perjury, if that's still in force these days, that we have biolabs over there. Yeah. So it's all it's all connected. You know this, you know as well as I do. So I I think that that. Um, what we are trying to do is we don't have any illusions that our report's going to get Hunter a federal mugshot. What we wanted to do is lay it all out, and if for some reason, 60 years from now, people want to know exactly what happened here. Because I love this book called the, uh, the Lives and Times of the Roman Emperors. It goes through the first 10 of them, right? Yesterday was the Eyes of March. I want to do the same thing. I wanted to do the same thing with Joey's family, and we lay out the entire family. I want to turn to talking about China next. Yes. <clears throat> it has been the news much recently. We talked about it before. We have a congressman, a Republican congressman from Kentucky, head of House Oversight over the weekend, uh, James Comey, Comer, saying yeah. essentially, you know, we have documentation now. Yes. But before we get to that, okay, I want to plant that seed. Before we get to that, the other thing I want to commend about this book is the detail you're going to now is something that for most of human history, for U.S. presidents, we don't find out until 60 years later. The, the president's long gone, it passed away, finally archives, releases something. We were just talking about this before this it came on. The... But, but this is current day, 
who this is our president. This is what his family does. And this is it's stellar in its exposure of the Biden corruption, especially as he plans to run for a second term, but stellar and otherwise never going to be released by Treasury, archives or anybody else yeah, it's really but because a, the laptop. It was a gift from heaven. It was. A, I can't say better than that. All I'll say is that we when the presidential archives for Trump or Biden gets opened in decades from now, by statute, it has to wait until some people are gone, some people are dead. We'll only get a lot of it secondhand. But this laptop is all firsthand. You're reading emails directly from Hunter in real time while he's going through his divorce proceedings and he's complaining to his attorney that Kathleen, his now ex-wife, took the debit card. And he is complaining about her taking the debit card while he is visiting hookers at night. So what I'm trying to say is we can't just prove we're not just proving that that Hunter lied. We're proving the human comedy behind it because we have other metadata from his iPhone, which linked to his I, uh, to his Mac through iCloud of what he was doing. So, for example, is, and I'm not changing the subject. I'm, I'm piggybacking off of China. You mentioned China. One of the key business partners to the president's son to this day is the nephew of Whitey Bulger. Everybody knows Whitey Bulger, his his namesake, his nephew, who they call Jimmy Bulger. Can't make it up. He is Hunter's business partner in BHR, and he sent Whitey's nephew as his proxy to a board meeting. And while he was at that, while Whitey's nephew was voting on behalf of the president's son at a BHR board meeting, Hunter's looking at pornography at 4 a.m. on his computer. So we have this amazing, hilarious picture of the board meeting like of the board meeting minutes with his browser history overlaid on top of each other yeah. so it's not that it's not that his, his his daughter graduated from college and he had jimmy bulger be his proxy it's that hunter doesn't do any work <laughs> in the big yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i want to turn to china now because it has been the news we were talking about before and at least congress the oversight committee looks like it's beginning to make headway they got treasury to give them yes. uh, after some arm twisting treasury gave them some information and they're now able to say that with certainty that there is a record now of money going directly from the ccp to the biden family mm -hmm. let me tell our audience our deal we made and then uh, we'll get into what that is so here's the deal he brought one extra copy of his his book which it's is four right pounds here. i thought i could fit yeah you yeah you, anyway one extra copy right here so when we get to q a time whoever gets closest to guessing the amount of money we now can prove went from the ccp to the biden family you get this book for free so start thinking about that number so don't give away the number okay, okay so but but we the low amount that uh comer said the other day uh was we can trace at least three million i think he yeah. said from the ccp to the biden family and i think that gets more in the realm because you are so uh aware of the details and integral relations and people and uh but when the common person wants to hear why are you saying hunter biden's corrupt why are you saying the biden family is corrupt doesn't that kind of is isn't that just screaming it's the definition of money laundering so those funds that you just alluded to they were funneled through a front man his name is rob walker he's a former clinton aide hunter met him in the 90s and he's hunter's partner in a lot of these deals in uh, the CEFC deal, the Romanian deal, and Rob Walker was the first entity that received the cash. So, if, and we have a, we have a diagram in the report, so we lay it out. But it goes, Ye Jinming, who's the CCP-linked energy tycoon, who's been disappeared, by the way. It'll uh, oh. and, and next week will be the fifth anniversary that that Ye Jinming was was arrested at the personal request of Xi Jinping. 
So five years have gone by, nobody's heard from this guy. His wife and kids still live in a penthouse in Manhattan. But he's Hunter's former partner who's just been disappeared. He might be fish food in the Yang Z. But regardless, he sends those wires to Rob Walker. It's a Delaware base, of course. Delaware LLC called Robinson Walker LLC. That then is funneled to the Biden. So there's always from it. I mean, it's, it's basic money laundering. You try to create as many layers of obfuscation uh, between the ultimate sender and the ultimate recipient and that's what the that's the only smart thing well, it's not smart but that's the only thing that hunter is passionate about is creating layers between money flows and so rob and so the subpoena that you alluded to and they were very smart i hate the letters that these congressmen send because it's all a pr campaign because they send the letter and then send it to cbs but they finally got smart on february 27th and sent a subpoena which i had been praying for every day so they sent a subpoena to, to bank of america for the bank records of rob walker which is very sharp because see, again he's the first leg in this chain and because uh, they got his records they're able to see the entire trail of the transfer so they see where Rob Walker got the money from. And of course, like 48 hours later, the exact same dollar amount. They should have been smart. If they were true, if they were Al Capone level, they would have they wouldn't have done round dollar transfers. Yeah. Is that just that flags that flags FinCEN right away. They should have done like fourteen thousand two hundred and eighty two dollars. But no, Rob Walker was just like right on the money. Whatever he got from Ye was what he sent to the Bidens. And so they they did they did the subpoena of Bank of America. They 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 have the copies of the thing which are already in our report and it's just validation. And what crimes? It's money laundering. It is straight up money laundering. So it's money laundry, and I, I did a little um, hit on somebody else's show yesterday yes. on this very topic, which was, it's one thing, it's bad enough money laundering coming to the hands of the Biden family, but that's compounded, or it's occurring at a time when China is clearly America's number one enemy uh, worldwide, I mean, our number one enemy. They had their uh, 2020 uh, meeting of the party, their, their big party meeting where they announced their plan to be the world's single superpower by 2049, which is basically the 100-year anniversary of the communists taking over China. They've announced they want to take us down. They have announced through other publications, which I've talked about in the show. So this is a country that wants to take us down and our, he who occupies the White House is sitting there receiving money from them and obviously, to many people, compromise as to his ability. I mean, this is why it gets around to the existence of America, the, the safety and security of America. It's not just lousy, creepy theft and, and, and yeah. you know, money laundering. It, it's American security. You said it better than I could. It's, it's not that we're talking about wire transfers from you know, Brazilian tycoons. This right. is the top of the top. If you have one country in the world and they ha make it their express mission, like you say, they're not even hiding it. Um, well, they, they it. They're inside of every institution, academia. And it's, a, um, it's really selling out. They will take the Chinese cash as so long as, you know, the Bidens are willing to sell out America so long as they get their nice McMansion and uh, beach house and uh, which by the way all those houses have then <laughs> have been found out to have have uh, hosted classified documents hilariously it was a mistake he didn't mean to leave him yeah, there. What are you talking just, about he just has lily bodies it's yeah, fine okay I, I wanted to say that 
Okay, so we have we have about seven more minutes. We'll yeah. go to audience questions, and I want to hit. And, and this always goes by. I told you I needed three hours. <laughs> I, I really did tell you that. Okay, so you, the other crimes beyond business related we've been discussing. Uh, you have sex related, drug related, influence peddling, um, and, and then what we should do about it. And sex related crimes. What do you say to the argument? Okay, everyone knows Hunter Biden. Obviously, he's a sex addict. He's 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 mentally unhealthy in the kind of conduct he engages in. But what does that matter? to America? Oh, well, I think that the, not every sex crime is created equal. Some are more important than others. I think from an objective standpoint, the times that he engaged in human trafficking was much more important than just a pure state level solicitation. So what do I mean by that? We have proof that Hunter flew a 19-year-old girl, not an underage girl, but a 19-year-old girl from California to New York to engage in prostitution. That's a clear violation of the Mann Act. That statute just put R. Kelly and Glenn Maxwell in the pen for 10 to 20 years. So what, what our reasoning for including those crimes is, is basically to show the double standard in the United States, that we can have proof in text messages, videos, emails, wire transfers, Venmo payments. I became an expert on, on Venmo. I cite like six different, uh, six different academic studies on using Venmo to launder money for prostitution and drug deals. And I called all these drug dealers. And so why, why it's important <laughs> to get info on Hunter, why it's important is that, first of all, in the drug-related context, Joe Biden was the, the force behind creating a, a distinction, a legal distinction and a sentencing distinction between crack and powder cocaine. Set that aside, whatever you think about that. The irony that his own son gets kicked out of the Navy for cocaine, gets arrested the weekend after he graduates high school for cocaine, and is in rehab a dozen times for cocaine, and yet never gets arrested, only just to get you know, embarrassingly kicked out of the Navy, and never faces any real consequences. The fact that his daddy was the one who put those laws in place and nobody's allowed to talk about it. It's the height of hypocrisy. It's, oh, those are for all the plebeians. Those federal, yeah. That's my, yeah. It is the rule of law. We have featured on this show, we have wonderful organizations as other, every oh. other city does, fighting sex trafficking, exposing it, advocating for prosecution for everyone involved. Yes. And this is the, this is the first family. Oh. The first family with these pictures that are, uh, I mean, it's embarrassing. I wouldn't show this book to my mother if she were around because she, it would be, it'd be embarrassing. There, there is I a mean, disclaimer. We don't have a trigger warning, but at the, on the very first page, it says, given the explicit nature of the content on the Biden yeah. laptop, this is for an adult readership. Oh, it is, it is for adults. But the concept, you know, it's a, the deeper point is not just sex crimes. It is what you're saying, but it is the loss of the rule of law. You're saying if you are an average, you know, uh, peasant yeah. in America and you don't really matter, you're going to get arrested. But this, these people are trafficking and I'm, the, the videos and actually you list separately, which is great, non-consensual pornography. Yes. Many of these women thought, wow, Hunter Biden, he's famous, but not knowing they're being videoed, they're being photographed, and it's all in here. And he uploaded them to pornography websites that you can still go view today. His pornography accounts are still active today, and his dad's in the Oval Office. Yeah. So, you know, I, I commend you because the book really does lay out... It layouts, lays out crime, not just at the federal level, but even as state prosecutors decide they cared. You've done their research. You prepared their memos for them. They just yeah, have to I, I've talked to two state AGs. The AGs are interested. I'm not certain that they're dogged enough. I would like to see much more energy. But there are state-level AGs that are interested in. And a couple of them, 
of the money laundering offenses are within the statute of limitations at the state level. So Joey B will pardon his son. If David Weiss, the, uh, the U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware, grows a backbone and charges Hunter for anything, Joey might let the trial go through, but there's no way Hunter is spending a day in, in federal pen. It'll so, be the last thing Joe does. So given that, because you, I mean, this lays out crimes, not just uh, Hunter, not just uh, Joe Biden, but really numerous people in the extended family, it's family, and then it's his business cohorts. It lays out, you know, um, every bit of data you could need, including reference to the statutes that, that apply. And, but you don't think anything's going to come of it. At you the don't federal think Hunter's, level, no. Okay. But, so, but that's so why what, at the end we say, there are many state-level statutes that have to be actioned. The reason why is because Joe, Joe can't pardon state crimes. He can only pardon federal crimes. Right. Yeah, true story. So that is the reason to write this. And were there other reasons to write historical, this? Historical. Historical. And I'm a nerd. So I looked at this as a great... I love as, nerds. The amount of data is... Un the, the amount of data in this is unconscionable. 200 gigabytes. We're lucky. Tom Fitton, God love him, he goes to litigation for nine months for like 10 emails from an agency that have half of them redacted. We have this laptop that's been dropped and that's why we created the site bidenlaptopemails.com. It's got over a million unique views. We put all the emails online. Anybody in the world with internet connection can go download the entire Biden laptop uh, email cache. I was going to be sure we get that in before we get to questions. BidenLaptopEmails.com. Dot com. And you can actually, I went there. You can click on something. You can, it'll bring everything up you possibly want to have. So it's a great resource that you can all go to. Um, and remember, you have, if you'd like to participate in guessing um, how, much, how many millions we know were transferred yeah. from CCP to the Biden family, whoever's closest gets this And this, this is book. a floor, so it could be more. It could, but yeah. this, this is the one we have a paper trail for. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I do want to start our questions. I feel like I have one more quick thing to um, ask you about. Um, but maybe, oh, I know the totals I want to say again, 633 page report, 459 alleged crimes. There were 128,000 emails and it's all organized in the most astonishingly logical with footnotes. You can look it up yourself. Um, and so you don't really have to, there's nothing conclusory uh, just stated here without facts, which I think makes all the difference for people saying, well, they don't really know. It's all in here and it, it is. It's, yeah, and we include the exhibits. Yeah. So somebody doesn't have to go look somewhere else to find something that we're talking about. We include it in the report. And the last thing I'll say before the questions is, you know, this is a, this is a team effort. I recognize my own limitations. I recognize my youth and there are things that I need help on. And so this was a, this was a result of many, many people. I sent this to, you know, uh, high school English teachers who have master's degrees that just went line by line because I, there are a lot of mistakes I made. So when it, when it was put out, it was the result of literally dozens, like, like Melanie, you know, the person who put yep. us in touch. She, she read it back in, you know, April of 2022 when wow, it was just okay. in draft. So I, so I want to thank them. That's why I'm bringing it up. Okay. Also, Miranda Devine had a short little, um, I'm working on getting her in the show. She's an incredible writer. Uh, she had a, a brief, this is what it looked like, a brief article she had up on New yes. York, I can't make it, New Post. York Post. Yes. Anyway, uh, you might want to take that look too, just a great summary of this. So we have, uh, happy someone has a microphone right there and we're going to get, you have to stand right here. You go come up and stand right here and speak right into the microphone so that our happy listeners um, uh, can hear you. I first, thank you so much for doing this. And you, you know, I think the, the thoughts of it were sort of a tawdry voyeur kind of book is, is not the case. I mean, there's just the, the financial money laundering is really the big issue in selling out your country. 
Um, I wanted to ask, in the last couple of days, you hear the bank uh, flags with the mysterious third Biden. Yes. Do you want to say who did you, can you tell us? Yeah, it's out now. Uh, James Comer, somebody okay. on his staff revealed it. It is Hallie Biden, the widow of Bo Biden. And okay. it's no surprise to us, Hunter and her shared bank accounts. So okay. this money was ultimately meant for Hunter, but this is a common tactic of money launders to have front men. So they don't put everything in their own name. We are tracking another case uh, that involves Larry Ray, who started a sex cult in New York, basically lived in his daughter's dorm at Sarah Lawrence College and ended up pimping out one of her classmates. He never had a bank account. He actually kept it in other people's names, $2.5 million. So it's no surprise that Hallie was taking payments. Hallie's a school counselor. I love school counselors in general, but she has no clue about Chinese private equity. So it's in Hallie's name, but she's just being used in that scenario. There are much better people to go after than Hallie, namely Jimmy Biden's uh, wife, Sarah. We didn't even talk about Jimmy Biden, but okay, we have another question, I think. <laughs> well, I think it was just also the, oh. his artistic talents. Was there any mention of that in the... Uh, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot up our sleeves. The next thing I was going to say is that Hunter, um, Hunter went... Hunter went after us. He asked his daddy's agencies, particularly the IRS, to take away our nonprofit tax exempt status the first week of April. So Hunter hates me probably more than anyone in the world. <laughs> so the reason why I'm bringing that up is because we're really going after the art payments. The art payments is what they don't want to come out because it's going to say who exactly is paying for his doodles. Garrett, quick question. Uh, what are the chances of getting the goods on the Biden crime family with Representative Comer and these 150 suspicious activities that they've got their hands on now? The bank, the money laundering information. I'm very hopeful that that will reveal just how rotten these people are. Mm -hmm. When I met with the congressional investigators, not the congressman himself, but his staff, we, can I go to one page in the report? Absolutely. Is, his name is Brent Sheehan. And he is the source of the, those 150 SARS. We had another whistleblower come to us from another U.S. bank and gave us five SARS. Uh, these are things that the banks file with the Department of the Treasury talking about suspicious wire transfers. So we have five of them. Then there's another 150. And the reason why I'm bringing this guy up is that it's on page 565, and it, it goes into civil penalties. That's, that's his... Uh, that's his, uh, his picture. And Brent Shaheen worked at Morgan Stanley. So those 150 wired, or those SARS came from Morgan Stanley. And what I told the congressional investigators, because I like to answer, there's always a person on my shoulder telling me to get out the five W's, the who, where, when, what, right? So Brent Shaheen's the who. He knows more than anybody. He needs to be subpoenaed by the Congress. But what they need to do is, is send criminal referrals to state level prosecutors. Because if Jamie Comer sends a letter to Merrick Garland, it's going to go in the wastebasket. They're not going to prosecute Hunter at the federal level. What needs to occur, because I've studied this more than Jamie Comer, God love him, and all these other people, is send letters on congressional letterhead from the Oversight Committee to the AG of Arkansas, to the AG of, of uh, New York. And, and Arkansas and Louisiana are the two states that have AGs that are not crazy. State, I mean, state, the AGs in New York and California are just... They're nuts. Yeah, they're nuts. So AGs of Arkansas and Louisiana, they need to be the recipients of this uh, evidence. I'm curious about uh, Bobulinski that, that created the video a year ago that got around and how, how that plays in. Yeah, Tony talked to me. And I'll guess $8 million. <laughs> 
that is it like the price is right where it's over you can't you got to do over like one dollar remember that bob barker god love him. he's still alive by the way bob barker but the um bobolinski talked to me a fair amount a half a dozen times we had very long calls a couple of times tony's just telling the truth tony was the only one with class to come forward uh we still talk about him in the report a lot because he did sign up to to spread the Belt and Road Initiative around the world. So it's not like he's, his hands are completely clean, but he did do the honorable thing and the courageous thing and produce all of the documentation. He met with Joey twice. I'd love one reporter to ask him, hey, why were you at the Beverly Hilton on May 2nd, 2017 with Tony Bobolinsky in the lobby for an hour and a half? Nobody's asking that. It's insane. That, because why? Because they talked about the fire violations they were gonna do as CEFC. They talked about how, the, how they were gonna rip. CEFC was the private sector arm of the One Belt, One Road initiative, which is spreading Chinese clon uh, colonialism around the globe. This isn't like Hunter was selling you know, Japanese uh, uh, toothbrushes, high-tech Japanese toothbrushes to the American market. No, this is infrastructure programs that were funded by the CCP in part and sometimes in whole, and that's what the Biden saw was a good use of their time. Okay, the SAR term you used, I meant to mention that suspicious activity reports. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that Congressman Comer is saying he had, I don't forgot, a large number came from the Treasury. So it's like, I mean, I was kind of surprised Treasury cooperated at all because they are still part of the Biden administration, yeah. but they did. I think that they're going to get to, they're going to be able to view them in camera. And so they're not going to be able to copy probably anything. So that stinks. His, meaning his staffers are going to have to memorize what the SARS said when they see them. They're not going to be able to get them in like a PDF form, print it out to them. But the reason why I mentioned Brent Shaheen and why I don't want to, I don't want to make this guy mad. I'm just telling the truth. This is the dude. So if I were Comer, it doesn't matter whether Treasury gets them. Subpoena them from this guy because this yeah. is the guy who submitted them and he has copies of them. So just go around the Treasury if they're not going to play ball. Love that. Please go ahead. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi. Uh, great information. Thank Just you. wanted to ask you, in the book, is it disclosed what he was saying that he didn't have when he was trying to get out of paying child support for the illegitimate child? Very good question. I actually... Oh, wait. I have to make a guess before I give it back. Okay. Yeah. So is this the entire Biden family, including his brother or just Hunter and... Very good question. The entire Biden family and only wire transfers for which we have paper on them. To, from the CCP? From CCP-linked entities and individuals, yes. I would say that it's, I'm going to guess $93 million. Okay. The, I was so, I was so uh, impressed by your other questions about, uh, oh, uh, does whether it includes the family members that I think I, I think I forgot what the first one was. Can you repeat it? Very good question. Oh, in the divorce. Yes, so he settled before he had to give the complete uh, picture of his financials. Okay. I met. I, I know the. Um, I know the attorney for the baby mama, who's a nice girl. Uh, she's from Arkansas. Her dad runs like a custom gun shop. It's like salt of the earth people. She was just lost in in graduate school at the time, but Hunter basically they blinked. Her attorneys are very sound, very sharp people, and Hunter blinked. And what I mean by that is he was going to actually have to uh, show all of his financials. He did have to show tax returns to calculate the payment based on Arkansas statute of what he has to do. I think it's like the average of the last five years, 20% of that. But he didn't have to include all of it. He didn't have to include which companies he has beneficial ownership shares of, and that's what I'm interested in. And that's why he wants to d completely decimate my life and take away uh, my source of 
income, which is running this nonprofit research group with this group of guys. Uh, because we, we ask the good questions, which is, I don't care about your tax return so much. I want to see where you got the money stashed. Which is a great segue to say, Garrett Ziegler, this had to be expensive to put together, to research, to pay people to, to be part of it. So yeah. you can support him if you'd like to do that. So they should do that by going to? MarcoPolousa.org. Marco, can we put that up in the current uh, thing? MarcoPolousa.org. Because this is really a, a quest for truth engaged in by, uh, really, it's a team of four. Correct? Yeah, t yeah, team of four, four every day. And uh, they're all older than me. Uh, we have one guy who's, okay. who's my Everyone dad. Everyone in the room is lower than you. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just going to say that I know where my blind spots are, so I don't have the experience to go through all of these financial documents, right? So we have other other people who I'm a good writer, but I don't. I'm not a good uh, financial statement scourer. I hated the two accounting classes I took. I actually got to be in one of them, and so I know where I need help at, and so it's a group of guys. We really, we call ourselves an OSINT collective, open source intelligence. Most of my day is spent going through county property records. I know it's not sexy, but yeah. the uh, Newcastle County, Delaware, of all the things Delaware is known for, the lack of transparency in their corporate structures, Newcastle County actually has a very transparent county website, and I urge you all to go check it out. Okay, on that note, we are a little tiny bit past time. We only have two guesses. We're about to wrap up here. So anyone else want to guess how much? Million. What was the number? 45 million. 62 million. 37 30 million. 30 million. <laughs> <laughs> Probably if they told it all. The gentleman yeah. in the blue shirts, correct. Yeah, we have, we have uh, receipts. Remember, these are receipts. And when, when I say 459 violations of state and federal laws and regulations that's a floor so i can i i paper for all of those the amount is 6.8 million that we have paper for because why because i don't have subpoenas i would love and that's why i was telling the congressional staffers what to subpoena because i would love to have subpoena power but i don't because i'm not in civil litigation nor am i a congressional staffer so i think once the subpoenas are issued it'll be a lot more than 6.8 million um, and remember the, the son of the president of the United States still has 10% of BHR, and that could be tens of millions. The payout of BHR is going to be a lot. His attorneys have lied to the New York Times, of course, because New York Times are stenographers and will put down whatever they want. They have lied to the American people. Hunter is still invested in that, so that means the smartest man the U.S. president knows is, is invested in a fund whose stated mission is to help the CCP. And on that note, Garrett Ziegler, thank you so very much for joining thank me you, today. Thank you thank for, having you for being me. here. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And for all our listeners out there, thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Talk. Truth about America. Can you